Chris, do you need progression to be happy? I need progression to be happy. We've proven it wrong with some people that are in denial that they need progression to be happy. It's funny because I feel like progression is heavily linked to my happiness because when I'm not progressing in a certain area of my life, I always find I struggle to be happy in that area of my life. It always is the case. My relationships are lacking. I'm not very motivated to keep them going. However, when they're flourishing, that's all I want to do. And then the same with business. When I'm getting progression in my business and career, I'm feeling very inspired to keep that going and I'm feeling very happy with my life. And that's the same when I'm progressing in fitness, etc., I think, yeah, my motivation and my happiness is is really linked to progression a lot of the time. What about you? Mm. It's interesting because there's also this argument that you should be happy without progression and that you shouldn't always be focusing on the next thing but being content with where you're at. And I've never felt that that's been able to work for me. I mean, I, I try different things to be mindful. Like I meditate every morning. I do a little bit at night as well. But I still find that if I'm just doing those things and not focusing on progression, I'm never happy. And it's been interesting because I've been in either like serious relationships or just stages in my life where I'm not focused on progression. And during those stages when I am quite complacent or when I, when I am quite content with where I am, it's often my, my least happiest that I've ever been. So I feel it could be coincidental, but I'd say a majority of my life, when I'm happiest, it's when I'm when I'm focusing on progression and trying to get better every single day. Mm. Well, we had a friend that um, didn't actually think that, and it was more of a question of it's a mental illness to be to constantly be chasing the next thing. Is it was the argument that he was saying, which I was really intrigued by because we were talking about like eating disorders we're talking about like different things that might be labeled as a um (laughs) as a mental illness and we went through all the list and then he came back and asked me about my happiness he's like are you happy with where you're at right now and I said I'm happy but I'm not content and he's like so you're not like happy with where you're at. And he's like, so if you, when you, so where do you want to get to? You want to get to here? He's like, when you get there, you're going to be happy. And he kept asking all these questions and he was basically saying that, like, why can't you be happy all the time with everything that you do? And this was the argument. He's like, I'm happy. I train because I, I get, feel happy when I'm training. I go out on walks because I feel happy when I'm on walks. And I was like, so if you trained you worked your ass off every day and you got no progression in your looks, no progression in the way you felt, no progression in anything, would you still be motivated to train every day? And he said yes. And I was like, well, I think that's bullshit. Because if you're doing all this hard work, you're putting yourself through all of this pain and not getting some sort of reward off the back of it apart from your happiness in the moment... I think it's bullshit. Like, I think when you actually unpack it, there's got to be a motive as to why you're doing it. And equally, recognizing that life is about the highs and lows and recognizing that the downs are important. You can't just be happy 24-7. You honestly can't. I don't, I don't believe you can just be 
one happy chap all 24-7 because I think yin and yang, you need to have those downs to equally have the highs. And I think when people say, oh, I'm always happy, I think you're taking the piss because happiness is relative to what your normal is as well, I think. Definitely. And it's interesting too because I feel like without progression, how do you have the evidence of potential confidence so what i mean by that is like if you're not getting better in every facet of your life or even just a particular facet of your life how are you going to have evidence to then be confident because a lot of what confidence is built by it's built by the evidence of the past either achievements or the things that you've been able to to do through that hard work through whatever progression like um that you're trying to to go for so i feel like one, if you're not progressing, you're not going to feel that joy. But another thing as well, I think you'd have, well, and I know I at least would, I definitely have a lack in confidence because my whole, my whole philosophy on building confidence is it's built by the achievements that I've been able to stack and the person that I know I am that I've been able to achieve through all the hard work that I've done over the years. So yeah, I think you need to be, you need to be confident in the fact that, yeah, what you do on a daily basis gets you to where you are. So if, yeah, I, I guess just a big thing is obviously making sure that you're progressing each day because if you're not progressing enough, you're not going to build up those achievements that are the things that are really going to get you to a point where you're confident in what you've been able to do throughout the years. So yeah, I, I guess just making sure that each and every day you're focusing on progression, not getting caught up in the big goal or the the end goal, but focusing on what you can do today to get even just 1% better. And, and 1% better, over time it compounds. And that's when you really build that self-confidence because you know that you've worked so hard for this thing, you've you've made these achievements, you've learned these these valuable skills. And yeah, you can be confident because you know that it, well, it didn't just happen overnight. Mm. It's that famous Hormozy quote, right? Mm. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best thing ever. It's like you don't get affirmations by shouting. Uh, you don't get confidence. confidence by shouting affirmations in the mirror. You get confidence by stacking undeniable proofs that you are who you say you are. It's exactly mm. what you're saying. Just there is so true because I think, I think for for people, and this is where even when we talk about help, helping get over hard times and like overcoming things in your life you need to have the confidence or self-love in yourself that you need to be able to move forward from whatever hard time you're going through. And if you don't have that confidence, then you're not going to be able to push through that because you're going to feel this lack of clarity. You're going to feel these clouds that will be clogging up your vision because you're not confident with your future. And so that stems with going through those hard times, doing all the things that you are, so you are who you say you are, and through that, you're going to get fulfillment out of that journey, which is the ha where the, the happiness piece, and you're going to really be fulfilled. When we just tie back to that conversation we were having with um, your, this mic's just played up. Hang on one second. <laughs> Don't order mics on Amazon, guys. This mic's played up. Well, well at least the back. ones that we ordered. <laughs> <laughs> so the what, what I was doing was tying back from to that conversation we had with um, with our, our, our friend and I was saying about it's not about the destination because he was challenging the concept around having big goals and striving towards them as well and I was saying it's not about the destination 
but I need to have the destination so I have a reason to go through the journey to that destination. And through that journey is where the happiness is and where the fulfillment comes from and where the motivation to keep going comes from. Because if I have no end goal, and this is when it comes back down to your fitness goals, your health goals, your relationship goals, if you don't have any goals, when the times get tough, you don't have something burning underneath you, some burning desire that is going to make you push forward through that hard time. So you'll just quit. And I think it's so important to have that big vision because that, when you're really inspired and have that clear big vision on where you want your life to be, if you're going through a challenging time, ask yourself a powerful question. Am I where I want to be? If not, Am I near where I want to be? If not, am I doing the things that I need to do to get to where I want to be? Because if you're feeling unmotivated, but you're not where you want to be, <laughs> then motivation's not going to cut it. You need the discipline to keep going because you're not where you need to be yet. And so I think, it's, I think it's important to have those goals. It's important to have those visions. And I think what you'll find is on that journey of progression, taking one step closer towards that goal is where the happiness will will align and be and be. Mm, totally. Yeah, and like you said perfectly, you don't need to be at the final destination. You you don't need to be getting 20, 30, 40% better every single day. Like even if it just is in some sort of area that that you're passionate about that you are progressing in and you notice that small little progression, like that's where a lot of the joy at least comes from for me. And I think it's it's honestly just a human necessity. In order to be happy, I think we do need to be progressing on a daily basis, or at least somewhat consistently. Um, I think yeah. having that, having that, um, you know, you need to be able to. The, if the progression's making you happy, I think looking at it on a daily scale can actually be a little bit daunting, because there'll be days that you don't progress. So I think looking at it as I need to be progressing every single day can be a bit harsh because like if we look at it like that, then we're not actually really appreciating the gain and we're not appreciating how far we've actually come in the scheme of things. So if it's more like we look back one month and we're not got one step closer, we look back six months and we're not got one step closer, we look back a year and we have not gotten one step closer or at least a fair chunk closer to the goals we're trying to achieve. A lot can happen in a year. Look at, our journeys in the last year and how life-changing the last 12 months have been for both of us, a lot can happen in a year and you see it happen all around you, how much happens. So if you get to the end of the next, uh, the end of the next 12 months and you are not where you want to be, at least progress closer to that step have a hard think about the things that you're doing on a day-to-day and if those things are actually moving the needle for you and making an impact because if they're not you're not only going to get not not closer to your your dreams and your goals but you're not going to be as happy on that process because you're not progressing totally and it's never too late to focus on progression like you you're you can never be too old you can never be too dumb like i for example during school it was always really tough for me to learn I I just yeah didn't fit into the normal academic system so yeah I kind of made a commitment to myself towards the end of high school that I really wanted to get into academics like I really wanted to focus on school and it was more just to prove to myself that I could do it like to give you an anecdote 
I started at like the very bottom of my math class. Like I wasn't passing any of my maths tests. And then towards the end of the year, it might not sound like an amazing score, but I ended up getting 60% in my HSC for math specifically. I did better in other subjects, but like maths, that was my was lowest the challenge. That was a challenge. Like I was, I was probably getting, I even remember one, one example. I think I literally got 22% for the, for the term, like as an overall mark for my maths. So yeah, what, to finish what on like 60%. What type of maths was this? Like, like this was just general. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maths was never my strong point. I also just never paid attention in class and didn't care. But so I'm sure that contributed to it. But it was just, yeah, never a strong point for me. Yeah, right. Okay. Until I started to prioritize it. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on this in-between phase of being really... In-between phase of being kind of trialing something new you know that 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 lonely chapter that that homozy talks about how you're in between you know moving on from your old group of friends but you can't quite fit into the friends you're trying to become what are your thoughts on the motivation in that middle period and maybe even actually we've spoken about this a little bit maybe we even strip it back one bit further and go when you're trying to learn a new skill and you're in this weird in between phase where you're You've, you've gone past the unconscious incompetence. So at the start, you think, oh, this is going to be great. And then you, rea- you get into it and you realize how difficult this thing is. And you're in this basically conscious incompetence phase. What, what are your thoughts on like being motivated in that period? In my opinion, I think that's a, the most unmotivating period of learning a new skill because you're... You're motivated at the start before you get into it. You're like, this is going to be great. Then you realize, fuck, this is going to take a lot of work. And so it's, you're in this really unmotivating phase, but you need to push through because it's so much more amazing on the other side of that. What are your thoughts on, on that period of learning a new skill? Yeah, well, I've been in that stage probably more than three times, but there's like three specific times that I can think of when it comes to, incon- like when I was at the stage where I had conscious incompetence. And the first one was with my Amazon FBA business that I tried to start. Or actually, no, sorry, before that, it was actually an e- So there's four. Yeah, actually, when I consider it, I've, I've tried to start three businesses before my current one. Now. Amazon FBA business. I didn't yeah. even know you tried Yeah, doing. so I had. So the first ever business that I tried, and this was, I was introduced to drop shipping. Um, like it was when it was like really big. It had just come out. Like one product drop shipping was a whole new thing. So I got into that, like, didn't stick with it. Second thing was Amazon FBA. And I just, I wanted to go into wholesaling, realized it was really fucking hard to source products. I just also didn't stick with it for long enough. Cause I realized like, wow. Okay. Watching like some guru on Amazon FBA wholesaling, like it looks pretty easy. All you have to do is find a few products, um, find, find a distributor or like take it on Amazon. And the whole thing is just finding the distributor first. But like it was proving to be a lot harder than I thought it'd be. So I was in this stage of, of in, like conscious incompetence again. And then uh, the last one was my SMMA, which was a social media marketing agency. And I thought that I would have done really well with it because I used my background of, of solar sales. That was my whole niche. I was only focusing on solar businesses. I thought it would do really well. And I got to this stage where I was, doing cold calls every day. I think I was like, from memory, it was like 50 or 60 cold calls a day. And I was getting 
zero traction. Like, I think I booked one meeting this whole time. And like, here I am, someone that, that thought I'm good at sales. I, I mean, like I, I literally like went to one of the, like I started in sales at the end of my high school career or end of high school and worked up to the very top of this, this solar company. So I thought I was pretty good at sales at this point, but I ended up, yeah, trying to cold call everyone, trying to find these solar businesses. And I was at this point where I realized that there was so much I had to learn when it came to actually running a business and that like, yeah, it takes a lot. And I just really didn't persist enough. I wasn't at the point where I was, I was actually like content with continuing to work on it. And I just ended up quitting. And I think one of the, the biggest thing that's helped me with my current business um, like we just, I just had my biggest month so far and like, it's, it's been a killer month. I, I've been given the opportunity to, to invest like a lot of money into a, a mentor as well, which has been amazing. Been able to help heaps of different clients too. And the only thing that's been able to get me through to this stage, cause I've had so many trials and tribulations with this current business that I've had now, but the only thing that's really gotten me through is the fact that I've failed at so many other businesses and then I realized and made the conscious decision that every business model is hard. Every single challenge that we need to face in life that's going to be worthwhile, to get to that destination, it's going to be hard on the journey. And I think for me having so much, I guess, like, yeah, trouble when it came to actually starting my other businesses, I just realized, fuck, like, it's time to buckle up. This is going to be hard. But if, if you just have the mindset of just sticking with it, no matter what, no matter even whether you feel unmotivated at times, just doing what's necessary, that's the thing that's helped me. And I've just realized now that I'm never going to quit because I know that if it's a good business model that works for other people, that has the potential, like I'm just going to stick with it. Same with anything else in life. And, and I've, I've really just learned that from persisting at, at some really tough things. Mm. That ties in really well to the, I, I wrote a, I wrote something about this topic and I'm going to make a video out of it, but I think it's going to be cool to read. So I'm going to read about this, about this topic that we've just been talking about, this middle phase when you're really unmotivated. I actually haven't read this since I wrote it, but we're going to read it anyway. The most unmotivating period in your life is when you're in this weird in-between phase of learning a new skill where you're past the stage of initial motivation and you've realized that you're shit at this thing, but you're not very good at this thing yet, so you dread it and put, it off, doing, put off doing it. You really want to be good at this thing, but you're shit at it. Now, it's very hard to be motivated to do it. Makes sense, right? Why would you be motivated to do something that you are not good at doing? But trust me, it's so worth pushing through this period. These moments are the most important moments because it feels like you're not progressing in these times, but then when the growth becomes exponential, you feel like you're banging your but then the growth becomes exponential. You feel like you're banging your head against a wall and then all of a sudden you realize that you're getting a whole lot better. And with that progression comes the motivation. And when the motivation kicks in, you start to get even better and better. It's hard to be happy doing something you suck at. I know, but when you get on the other side, you'll be thanking yourself so much that you push through. And the reason I wrote that, and it needs some rewording, I couldn't read it probably, but the reason I wrote that is 
I've been getting really good at handstands. <laughs> so random. But when I look back at the progression of the handstand, when I started, I wasn't the most motivated to do it because I wasn't very good. But then you slowly get better and better. And what happens is the progression of your competency in that thing basically goes like this because you get more motivated the better you get. And the more motivated you get, the more inclined you are to actually work on that skill, meaning the more hours you're spending on that skill, meaning the better you're getting at the skill in a quicker period of time. So you're kind of going on this journey where you're going like this in terms of your progression and you're not really getting a whole lot better and it feels like you're banging your head against the wall trying to do this thing and you question why you're doing it, you lack motivation to do it because you're shit at it, but then what happens is you notice this little bit, you get this little bit better, the tiny little lip of this, of this curve, you get this little bit better and then you go, oh my God, this is way better than it was before even though it's something a little bit better. So then you go, okay, I just need to keep doing those things because then I'm going to get better at this. And then you go like this, this, this. And then all of a sudden, you're so motivated because now a week's gone by and you're double as good as you were. And then it just goes like this, 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 this. And then all of a sudden, you get really good at this thing and then people go, wow, you're so good at this thing. Like, how can you just pop into the handstand like that? How can you do that? Any tips? And you go, there's all that work below the iceberg that no one sees and then poof. You're good at a skill. And so it's, it's just a really good reminder to stick out those hard times, stick out those unmotivating times when you're trying to learn something new and know that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Know that there is, there is enjoyment and motivation to do this skill very soon. You just need to keep sticking at it. And if it's something that you actually want to get good at, it will come. And know that. And it's the same with skipping as well. I remember like trying to get someone into skipping when they're shit at skipping is very hard for someone to do because they just keep like being clumsy and stuff and they just don't feel like doing it. Obviously, I spoke about more so health-related or fitness-related skills, but it's the same with absolutely everything. As you just said, in business, um, you know, even in when it comes to like relationships, like understanding people. That might take some time because you need to keep learning new things, new things, getting feedback, getting broken up with, losing friends. All these things are going to make you fine-tune your character as a person if you allow it to and that's when you'll get better. And then even when you talk about like like the pickup artists and the guys that go out and get all the, all the <laughs> girls, like they would love doing that because they're so confident and competent at doing it that they kind of know it's a numbers game for them where they know they probably know percentages of how many they know their conversion rate as weird as that sounds but like it's a sport for them and and it's the same for me in business and so that's a it's an interesting concept when you're talking about motivation for sure for sure and going back to that piece when it comes around finding motivation when you still lack the comp competency I think one big thing is just really finding a mentor, someone that's already done it because a mentor can kind of, they can almost carry the lantern for you during those dark times because there's so much unknown. And if you have someone that's already done it, if you have someone that can show you step by step, that's one of the biggest things. Like that's one of the biggest life hacks that I've ever found. 
And it can even, like you don't even have to pay for someone. It can be subscribing to a certain person, following a certain person, and just watching their every move, seeing what they're doing, seeing what they've done in the past. And just like find someone that resonates with your values and just, yeah, just learn from them. Because if they've been able to do it, there's no reason that you can't. And if you are in this either lonely chapter or you're in a, you're in a stage in your life where you're trying to pursue something, but you just don't know which, which way to go, or which direction um, or what to do next, you just need to find someone that, that has done at least what you're trying to do. Yeah, I think that certainly helps. I think using the mentors as inspiration to believe that it's actually possible what you're trying to achieve, but you can't expect the mentors to do the thing for you, right? So it's like they need to be there to inspire you, to make you have belief that what you're trying to achieve is possible, but then they're not going to do the work. So you got to, you still got to get, get mm. to work and get back to the, that thing and practicing that craft that you're learning. It's actually really interesting on the topic of mentors. I got a message, I think it was about last week and it was from someone I met randomly like on a night out a few years ago or something. And she was asking about like, she was asking for some feedback on or some, some advice on basically how I, how she should act around this new mentor she has been gifted. And this caught my attention because she said that she won an award at a group that she's in or something or like a, a college or the university or something that she's in. And she won an award and with that award, she got five free sessions to a mentor. And I basically was like, okay, that's great. Like you got five free sessions to a mentor, but who's the mentor? She's like, oh, I don't know. I meet him on Monday. And I was like, so you're going to see this mentor who you don't even know who he is. That's not a mentor, though. I'm sorry. It's not a mentor. Because a mentor is someone like you find the mentor. Because you find someone that has what you're trying to achieve and you want to get together to them and they want to be able to help you like on your path and they have what you want to achieve. You don't even know who this guy is. So the first thing is being really critical with who a mentor is. I'll help you do things that I'll, I'll help explain things that I've done in the past that work in terms of networking, standing out and making sure that these mentors really want to help you. But until you've met them, until you've been in their presence and you go, holy, this guy has an amazing life that I want to, I want to learn how he did it. Until you have that feeling, they're not a mentor. Treat it, don't treat it like a mentor either. And I think, I think it's really important because it's a fluff word mentor. There's like, yeah, like my mentor. I think you need to be able to find a mentor and you need to see something in them that you go, this person is really switched on in this area of their life. This person has mastered these areas of their life and I want to learn from them. And the mentor should reciprocate that and go, okay, I can see that this person wants to learn. I want to help this person. And it should be a relationship like that. And then the next thing to it is, Okay, what should you do and how should you use a mentor wisely? Don't slam the mentor with, 
pointless things. Make sure you use them wisely. So don't message them for something that you can Google search. Don't message them for something that's really easy for, um, for you to figure out yourself. Because the more you reach out to this person who, if they're a mentor, they're at an above level than you, they're not equal. The more you reach out to them, the less like inclined they are to respond at a, at a high level. Whereas if you only reach out to them when it's really important, they're going to give you their time and their energy if they care about you. Because if you're constantly reaching out, oh, how do I do this? When you can literally search four words in Google search and it'll come up with exactly how to do it in steps, you're not using that mentor wisely. So use him wisely when you actually find the right mentor. I think that's interesting. Have you found mentors in your life that, um, have you, is there people that you look up to and learn from and, and, and are inspired by? Totally. I guess a lot of my mentorship is, or the mentors that I've followed have been people that I haven't actually met. Um, there has Which been, is fine. You still yeah. feel like you know them online though. Yeah. To some degree. So there, there's, there is one in particular that, that I do know in person that's always been there for me, but yeah, a lot of them have been online and yeah, I guess I wouldn't really have the same experience in terms of like being able to ask some questions and the right way to do that. But I, I've been fortunate enough recently to, to be able to, to, yeah, be able to invest in, in a mentor very recently. Um, but it was an interesting decision to make because I had like one of my best months I've ever had and I had the opportunity to either hold on onto that money and be in the position where I'd be completely like secure financially for like a long time, like quite a few months from, from this month that I've just recently had. Like I wouldn't have to worry about really getting any clients for quite a while if I just sat on this money. Um, but I decided like I'm not in this just to have a bit of money in the bank, like just to, just to be able to like feel secure. I'm here to like scale my business as much as I can have as much impact as I can on the world. And I realize that if I'm not willing to invest in myself, how should anyone be willing to invest in me? And I think that's such an important lesson because if you are looking for a mentor, I think if you're looking for a good mentor, they're hopefully someone that is also willing to invest in other mentors. Like for example, the mentor that I'm with right now, like he's, he's listed or referenced heaps of other people that he's paid to, to work with, like some really high level people, like some people that you would all know, like really big people. And like, it just goes to show that you only get to that point often or most of the time when you choose to invest in others or you choose to really take a shot on yourself and believe in yourself by investing and, and yeah, really taking a chance in your own development. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's important to, to invest into yourself. Um, and look, re reality is that the narrative is, I mean, in, in personal development, like the narrative is like, oh, I invested all this money, which means that it's kind of like, it's like passing it down in a sense. It's like, like all the, all the, all the big mentors have invested all of this money into their personal development and education. So you should, so then you buy theirs and then, then you can use the same thing. Like I invested this money, like I know my shit. And it's like, and it's a great pitch because it is proof in the pudding, pudding and it is learning. Look, I don't think it always has to be paid, 
But I also think when you pay, it shows that you are invested and you're actually committed to that thing. If you're expecting everything for free, when you're just sitting doing nothing one day, the motivation to work on that thing isn't as big. But if you've put money on the line, you go, fuck, I better get a return on this. I better make the most out of this. And so I think the paying, you can find information everywhere, but holding yourself accountable by paying is really important too. Because A, you're respecting the person who's teaching you time by charging, paying them in fair exchange. But B, you're making a commitment to yourself that you're not just throwing this money down the drain. You're going to give it your 100% effort and you're going to make sure that you get the most out of this process, whatever that process might be. And so I think the payment is really important. It's not, ne- it's not a necessity to be great, far from. And in fact, when you meet mentors that are proper, like proper mentors, like even, I mean, it's, it's an interesting concept because when you invest money, they're going to be more willing to spend time on you. But there is people out there that, that might not charge you and but that's like more of a, oh, I've met you in person and they see their younger self in you and they go, oh my gosh, I'm a multi-billionaire, millionaire and I just want to help this guy because I can see his potential. And then that's like a rarity. Good luck finding it. If you can find it, we've been blessed to find a couple um, in, in mine and Sam's time. But like for the most part, just recognizing that things are going to cost a bit of money, I'd say. And it's a good thing that you're investing into yourself as opposed to everything else. So make the most out of those times, I think. Totally. And don't think that because you should invest that you can't make money without investing. Like I got to six figures a month without even like, I think like in terms of coaching and obviously this, I I don't know if it's exactly equal, but I have invested in the past. But in terms of like my coaching business, I think I invested $200 in like a small mini course and that was it. So like if you're sitting here like listening to this podcast and thinking, fuck, I need to have all this money to be able to invest in a mentor to start a business or to to learn whatever I'm wanting to learn. Like don't don't get stuck on that. Like Mm -hmm. make a bit of money if you're really worried about like not being financially secure. Like get as much free resources that you can like absorb it. Like that, that was literally what I was doing when I was building up my business. I would, (laughs) I would find someone that I believe in that, that I know his has made a lot of money in whatever I'm, I'm trying to focus on. And I just try and get as much of their free shit as possible. I'd just like literally be a sponge and try and learn everything about what they're doing and just implement it. Cause it works a lot of it from, from at least a lot of mentors. Um, yeah. So don't get stuck on, on having like not having the money and thinking that well I can't make something happen if I don't have money to invest in mentorship you definitely can um you just need to actually put in the work Hmm. what about like the feeling of getting a deal when it hasn't been easy getting a deal how much more rewarding getting a deal is when it hasn't been easy it's like when you talk about that happiness pendulum and how happy you can be when something hasn't been going the way it's planned and god gives you this little lick of the ice cream where you're like you get a win you get a little win on the board how much more amazing is that than if you just got given it i feel like when you talk about happiness like when you're going through those hard times it's a lot easier to be happier on the other side Mm. 
it's the best feeling yeah yeah it's so good it's, it's amazing so good. It's cool cool what do you reckon a little short episode today yeah short episode it's what bit late right now 7 40 at night but that's yeah. all right we're getting it done we're getting it done for you guys thanks for tuning in um this is episode nine of the modern blueprint podcast for all of you guys that are tuning in made it to the end can't thank you all enough a lot of you do not subscribe or follow on the platforms that you are watching this if you could do us a massive favor and hit that follow button it goes such a long way it means more than you know um, and the bigger this show can grow, we can start getting some guests on and we can start to really put on our absolute best show for you guys. So it means the world if you can show that extra support and, and, and drop a follow where you're watching this, this on Apple or Spotify or YouTube. Yeah. Thanks, guys. See you later, guys.